0: You know, Frank, here's why you have to own a Rolex. Because sometimes you're going into places in the world where you're traveling through time.
1: Yes. And you're
0: staying in one place, like Imperial, Nebraska, for instance. And you're traveling 15 miles to where you're going to teach this course. And you travel through time. And it's very difficult when your Apple Watch won't keep, or your, uh, what do you got there? The Garmin. The Garmin watch won't keep up, the iPad won't keep up, the Apple phone won't keep up, but the Rolex always has the correct time, Frank. It, it did. Because, because those people on that side, on the shooting side, don't, they ignored the fact that you change time zones between Imperial and the Range. So they just ignore it. They just say, no, nope, we're in Western time zone.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hide. And we were time traveling today. We actually found the exact spot where it flipped over on this kind of back dirt road. And we were gonna back up and hit 88 miles an hour and then film the the like the analog uh, uh, clock in the car, because it spins a complete circle, yep. so we could time travel. Yep. I we, thought that was gonna be great. I thought, I
0: thought, here's what we, tried to, what we tried to play with you. I'll be telling a story, you know, about, you know, the shooters this, shooters that. And we'll, we'll, then the clock would change, and I go, ching, 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 Beijing. Ha 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 we'd be
1: time traveling Chinese. Time traveling <laughs> Chinese, yeah. Yes. So uh, we had a great class, man. I'll tell you what, um, we're, we're first leg of our road trip, uh, we're out here in, like you said, we're in uh, Imperial, Nebraska. They don't even have a street light here, dude. And um, uh, we had a, a class at J and M Precision. Jake McDaniel, and what a great place! Awesome hospitality. The land that COVID forgot. Yes, it, it really is the land that COVID forgot, and and that's fantastic. Um, I, I just can't even. Uh, I don't even know where to start. We had to write notes down because we had. It was we just... had
0: I got a oh, man. I got some notes. Well, we so, just hit J M Precision. Jake McDaniel was such a kind host. He's got such a great facility. We made some really good videos today that Frank will be putting up here for you soon. Uh, and it displays the kind of range he's got. It's just incredible. I mean, I found a new favorite. You yeah, know? yeah. Because, I mean, really, I mean cause...
1: Cause... It's, it's, it's terrain, it's wind, it's, um you know, tricky winds. Like, at one point, it was pretty funny because I heard him in my ears. but it, So, I started on one end of the line. And I was, I was calling some pretty good wind this weekend, although I'll talk about one of my mess-ups. but So we are starting out first thing in the morning on Sunday, and I'm looking through my spotter, and I can see these conflicting waves because we're going like through this canyon on the backside of uh, – the, the targets are actually on the backside of another hill. We were shooting 11, 1230, and really far. So I'm on the 1,100-yard target for the students, and I give the student, the first shooter, a right wind. And the three shooters on the opposite end go, did he just say right? Because where we were, it was coming from the left. And, 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 and it, it, you know, and it was like, it was canceling, you know, so it was smack impact, smack impact. And, and I heard him go, wow, I would have never called a right wind for that. Um, so the, the wind diversity was just crazy.
0: We had a four 470 yard cable, uh, no, your limits or, you know, progressive rack, rack. Uh, I'm going
1: to call them progressive racks where they progressively get smaller. They went from like two MOA to a half minute. I think the smallest target at 470 was like three inches. And, and so, you know, and we had guys clean it, man. It it was a great kind of, um,
0: but the wind changed moment to moment, big or small plate didn't matter. Oh, your, your hold was not was no longer any good at the next shot. No,
1: from one shot to the next, it, it really did change. It, it, it was it was constantly, you know, it was eight, it was 12. It was six. You're going through the valley and we got 12 at us, we got six down there. We, you know, and then it, what it was happening is it was kind of coming over the top of the hills, and on our left side, the hills dipped down a little bit. On the right side, the hills went higher, but there's a valley behind the hill and that pushes it through to the right to the target package. So what's happening is as the wind comes over the top of the hill, it hits the backside, oh, it comes over one hill, hits the backside, and then takes that right-hand turn and pushes right, even though our wind at the shooter is coming over the left side. So it, it was just, and the, the changes were... Bigger than all of the targets we shot, so that makes it extremely tricky.
0: I had two today. We went back, and Frank and our day off went back and shot with Jake, and 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 just basically chummed around with him, and we shot out to twelve forty. And I would go from one point five to two to two point five to one point five to two, mm-hmm. and it was just it was insane out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was really good, and and you know. The the, the the group of people we had as students were diverse they were fantastic i mean we we had the the farmers and the cowboys the guys who shoot local competition we had nrLprs uh gunsmith with bench rest uh, kind of stuff the, it can't not
0: enough praise for these guys at the comp the comp shooters here we had dusty rusty uh rusty, excuse rusty. me I'm sorry rusty it he was absolutely no. it was dusty yeah yeah he was absolutely just he was that guy again, you know. Every class we have that guy, and he's fundamentally insanely correct. Yeah, he was shooting a six millimeter, right?
1: Uh, six GT, correct. Okay, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, he had a uh, six GT MDT chassis. His uh, wife was with us, uh, Felicia and uh, Felicia, and she had a Valkyrie. Let me tell you something, man, she had a Bighorn action Valkyrie. That gun held. She got in. We we fixed her trigger control. She was a trigger tapper. Her trigger was too light. We actually had them go back home, adjust the trigger, and get it a little bit because she was afraid of it. How light it was, she couldn't get anywhere near it in order to make the shot properly. Well, we cleaned that up, and and it didn't take much. She she was a great student, and you know they came back the next day. They they loosened or, light, or tightened it up a little bit. And then she had, was able to marry to the trigger. And we're going to talk trigger control. For competition
0: a, scars. I mean, Basically.
1: Yeah, competition scars. That's the bet. You know what? You guys have competition scars, man. You may not know it, but we see it. They recognized it. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to come to a fundamental class to clean up their competition scars. And that's what we did with them, and then their hits got more consistent. The hits got more consistent. And what it is is the win calls then begin to work. Her Valkyrie at, let me tell you what, at 700, 800, 900, and beyond, her Valkyrie was keeping pace with the 6 millimeters. We had a 6-dasher on the line, and we had a 6-GT on the line. They smoked her 7 and in, but once you hit 700 yards and out, she kept pace with them, and her calls were almost identical to the 6 millimeters under these conditions. So there you go. I mean, it's no recoil for her. Long barrel life for her. Um, now, she had to get some magazine stuff because she was her magazines were following up a little bit, and it took us like about four mags where they fed 100%, and once she nailed on that mag that fed, she was moving alongside these guys and you couldn't tell her hit other than it's i will say this it's really 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 hard to spot the valkyrie and they know for a fact they've been cheated out on points um at matches because the spotters can't see it and the spotters won't give them the hit when they can't see the mark. Fortunately, we had we had the
0: wind favoring tor- back toward us just a little bit, and we got the slight ding.
1: Yeah, in the split. Wait, we did get yes. a sound. We we had hit indicators, and we left them on the counter in yeah. the shop. So we we were we were we were working hard. So we would get some feedback because the wind was coming in our direction. But now go down there. You went down and painted targets with uh, Jake on Sunday. You saw what it looked like at the 11 and 12 with her Jake's hits. Jake's
0: hits were obvious. He was a 300 PRC, and her but, hits were just barely
1: uh, scratches on a plate. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be on top of your game. So from that context, there there is a little bit of, but we, well, we can hear him. And, and I kind of had to yell at the people a couple times to shut the fuck up. Um, because they were talking in my ear and everything, and I'm trying to hear the hit, because when I don't see any splash, and it's it's dry, dusty, and, and everything out here, uh, just brought the car in for a car wash, um, you know, I, I I had to concentrate to hear the hit, and, and I was working the plates, working the plates, and, and I'm trying to get her centered up on the plate, and it's like, guys, you gotta shut the hell up, man, because I have to listen for what she's doing, because... Even if she like a couple times she had some high hits on the plate, like top of the top, you know, top three inches of the plate. And so if she went over the top and it splashed behind it, I might not see the splash. So I had to go by the hit. And if I didn't hear it or see it, I brought her down two, three tenths, and then that would put her on the plate because it's such a tricky round. And and there is some vertical spread with these we, these small rifles, the six and the G, uh, the six millimeters and the the two two fours, get to get a little bit more vertical spread than the other calibers, out at those distances. Now that
0: twelve forty had a cut bank, right to the right, and so I took a, pe- a can of red paint out there, and basically I drew the same size target in paint on the right cut bank. So what we would do is we would transition the students from the cut bank, which is just to the right, like five yards, 10 right. yards to the right, and, and, and then move them right to the plate. And that seemed to work out really well as I believe, the bullet exercise. However, the wind would change from the time you were running the bolt. I mean, we, from one side of the plate to the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We did, we did have a lot of guys who, because who, we played this game where we said, okay, you're going to make your call on the cut bank. You're going to shoot. You're going to see the splash. You're going to catch that divot. You're gonna measure that divot. You're gonna run right over to the plate, and the next round coming within that three to five seconds should go on the plate. And, and when you when you were inside that window, you made it. You bing next shot. If you hesitated
0: it. at all, you lost it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even to today, be... we were sort of laissez faire. We just you know just hanging out, so we weren't like on the gun, on the gun, on the gun and we would lose it too. It go from like I said it would go from 2 to 1.5 to 2.5 to 1.5. Yeah. So. Like
1: full mill swings, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that was really really Crazy, tough. Man. But um it was it 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 was a uh, the class flowed. Everybody enjoyed it. The jokes were going. You know, uh, we, we had dinner at the country club on Friday night with a bunch of the students who didn't have to go home because of kids or things like that. They had no pie. No pie, man. Mark no pie. We
0: we're, we're at a golf country club full of nebraskans. Imagine that. And and basically, you know, it's just a bunch of red meat, potato eaten, side salad. The, the menu had five items on it. Yeah, that was you know, it. Steak like this, steak like this, steak like this. Chicken fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and then how would you like, what, what kind of dressing would you like on your salad? And baked potato. Baked uh, potato. potato. Yeah, yeah baked yeah. potato. It, it, it was just like a six-item menu, but there was no pie. And I'm losing my mind, man. How could there not be pie here? First of all, They'd run their plate cost up $6 per person, and there was 200 people in there. Yeah, it was it, packed. It was, it was absolutely oh, it was Friday night, right? It was Friday, Friday night out for Chase County. Yes, totally. And, and, and you know, I couldn't get any pie there. Well, let's go back here. Let's go back a day to when we got here. We show up, and we find this terrific steakhouse uh, called the Broadway Steakhouse on Main Street. We go in there, and this bartender was all over it. He was he was Robbie does it, too. Does, it, what? does he rival Robbie?
1: Yeah, he was close to Robbie. I mean he,
0: he was all over it. And I'm like He could
1: hey. have been Robbie. If you put glasses on him, he could have been Robbie's brother. They're very similar. Very, very, very similar, similar in a to lot Robbie. of ways, as
0: a matter of fact. But, but anyway, I'm like, man, yeah, just give me um, give me a bullet, rye, and water. You know, oh we don't have no bullet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not we don't have no bullet. We don't have any rye. Nobody drinks rye around here. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. No rye. Like that whole shelf over there, you got no rye. No rye. Okay, give me a bourbon. You know, give me a bourbon. Well, we go back the next night, and he, this cat went out and took his money. I tipped him pretty well. But he took his money out and bought me some bullet rye.
1: He totally did, man.
0: He brought Mark, his own personal. And then he gave you the empty bottle when you killed him. He, he, he goes, I did this out of my own money. I said, well, you got to sell it back to me. I'm not going to, like, drink free drinks here, you know, just because I tipped you well. So he sold it back to me. Great, great. Man, it was just unbelievable customer service up there. And no pie at the at the thing. But the Swedish but students do. What what Taylor wants, Taylor gets. Because <laughs> hey, next day after Friday night, I had a student bring me, throwing cherry pies at me.
1: From the gas station. From the
0: gas station cherry pies. But Little I had Debbies. pie. So, I, hey, what Taylor wants, Taylor gets, man. Yeah.
1: It, 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 was, it was It was a fun time. Fantastic. We're staying at an Airbnb. Got this friggin giant house all to ourselves. Right
0: now, we're kicked up in sofas the size of vehicles. And, and it's electric on the side, kick your feet out, adjust yeah. it here. Um, just basically on our last, our victory lap for this Nebraska session. And we're going to dinner again tonight. Hopefully Jake's going to be there with his lovely wife and kid. And and basically, um, victory lap total, man. This is, they, this is
1: They went out, got us sweet corn. We had barbecue last night. We wanted night. sweet
0: corn. Right. I mean, look, we passed. Imagine a beautiful beach, east coast or west coast. You're gazing out across the ocean waves rippling that's corn <laughs> basically as far as you can see yeah. nothing but tops of corn yeah yeah you know so today, i got to, i
1: got to go on a combine
0: i know man you now you know what a combine is really i know is. what a combine is and that's is. like a
1: military grade piece of equipment dude that, that I, when i went up in the cab co- in the cab right there on like there's like a, a a you know tv dinner tray on the side like a big you know table and they had the manual it was a New York City phone book from the 1970s. It's got everything
0: but a 20-millimeter Gatling gun.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it, and they said it drives by GPS. They don't yeah. even drive it. I know. Once they, once they get it out to their spot, they push a button, they sit back. The guy babysits it. He's yeah. got
0: to turn it at the end at the end of the field, which is where? At the end of the county. Yeah. Because that's as far as you can see. He turns it, gets it back online, and then watches TV. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: probably, he's probably on sniper side right now. I you know,
0: know, man. That kind of stuff. But well, we had a total rookie shooter. His name was Adam. This guy came in. I said, Adam, how much time you got on that gun? 20 rounds, sir. Awesome. I said, you, this was in the introduction, you are going to get the most out of this course. And I mean that. Adam was a hammer, man. Adam was an absolute hammer. What was he shooting? 708 Tika. Yeah. Incredible, man. Yep. But the guy did exactly what he was told or as he was instructed, and he never deviated from the fundamental program. And, And he was a slayer. He thinks this is easy now. Because he's only uh, round, uh, 220 rounds in, yeah. and he just hit every target to 1240 on command.
1: Yep, yep. And yep. now, okay, we got to change direction a little bit. And I know you guys are tired of this broken record. And I need to record it because it's real, it's valid, it happens. And unless you try it, you're not going to understand it. So I'm in my presentation. We talk bipods, right? So I bag on the Harris. I brought in, because in the car, we're carrying some stuff with us, right? So we got props. So I brought in one of my older Harris, and I said, look at this Harris. It's completely out of square. We're going to take one apart to show you how many damn moving pieces there are in this damn thing. I said, but look at this Harris. It's out of square. So, of course, when you do this, and I'm in Nebraska or anywhere, almost every class, and, and, and it's, it's the guys who, are, who look at each other, and they're running Harris. And, you know, we, we get them on the line, and we tell them, hey, ma'am." You're suffering a little bit from your bipod. You're suffering a little bit from your bipod. Cody. Let's the talk. cattle rancher. Yeah, Cody the cattle rancher. This is a,
0: if, I swear he's from Mississippi, slow as he talks, but he's from the Midwest and, and he's a total cattle rancher.
1: Dude, leather pouches with his Leatherman and his phone. Oh, the Complete cowboy.
0: Yeah, and you don't want him shooting at
1: you. No, no. no. He, what, 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 was he driving? A bone, well, I don't think it's bone stock because I think the barrel's been redone. But he's driving a Savage. Savage. Right? Hey, when's Savage going to get canceled? No, I'm only kidding. Um, Anyway. <laughs> he, but he totally drove it. No, he totally drove Had no drama with the Savage. Yeah. His Savage ran with great. With a... Hunting t- stock. Yeah, the, the, a Tika t- style. Yeah, with the adjustable cheek. Dude, his Savage ran 100%. It shot fantastic. It wasn't about his rifle. I'm only being a jerk. Um, But his bipod had a worn spot on it. Yeah. And, and that basically caused it to to give him all kinds of care. What it was doing, he couldn't tighten. He had a pod lock on it. He couldn't tighten it because it had about a half inch wear spot. And it wouldn't tighten right. And it would always roll on him, roll on him. And it was kicking him off. It was moving him around. So Mark and I, I brought about four bipods. I got Atlas Cals. We got two um, Thunderbeasts. We got two Cals, two Thunderbeasts with us. As spares. Okay. Adam went on. Uh, 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 a uh, Yeah, no, he was on um your your Thunder Beast. You okay. gave him the, your okay. Thunder Beast. I gave him the cow. So we had one guy running a cow. We had another guy running the Thunder Beast. You guys shoot this for the weekend. Tell us if you see a difference. In their words, oh my god, this changed everything. Yep. The final fundamental eval, Cody cleaned the KYL, was one only one of two people who did it in yep, these tricky wins, yep. ran that savage like a rape ape, and that gun worked beyond well. I mean, and I said to him, and I, and I need to record a testimonial for this, Cody, did you see and feel a difference? Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. That's what he would say. Yeah, I, that's kind of how he
0: did it. But all right, speaking of uh, during the final eval, It differed from the competition. We ran a competition on day two late or something like that. Then we ran it for the final eval. What was the difference you saw? Well, we
1: had almost, I think, during the final eval, when we're on top of you and we're talking to you, and we really had nothing to say to these guys because they took instruction so well, but we're going to get back to trigger control and talk about the final eval too. But during the final eval, when you got Mark and I on either side of you, we're looking at everything you're doing. And this time we did it a little different. This was the first class before the final eval you demoed what it should look like. Yes. And what Mark did is Mark went down and said, let me show you what you should look like because you know, we're loose a little bit in there. We're still on you. We're on you all the time. One spot and one's watching the shooter. But Mark did a demo. I want the final eval to look like this because if you were going to check every box and there's 20 of them on our prescription checklist, It would look like this he demoed then we lined everybody up and they did it we had three shooters clean the kyl during the competition that followed five minutes after the final eval was over we had no shooters clean the kyl now part of it was the wind because the wind is tricky as but they concentrated and when they concentrated and put that focus into the targets three guys clean the kyl targets down to a three inch plate in 12 mile an hour winds at 470 yards dude i'm talking like we're talking like almost a mil, a full mill of wind at 400 yards yeah, that was crazy as a hold um, i cleaned it and i was holding um, uh, yeah i think i was holding the no i was holding three quarter mil for me to clean it earlier in the day when I shot it, okay, and so I was holding three quarter mil to get that clean. So it's not easy at 470 yards, right. man. You're up there with about a mill of wind on this target, and so um, talk uh, about Chad's trigger. Chad's trigger, and and how he built that trigger up, and he oh, made with him. Got it. Okay, tall, he
0: had he was six six maybe seven. Mm-hmm. He had hands to fit that. Yeah, I mean he had he had, he had basketball massive, yeah basket, basketball hands, and so he's on a regular chassis like everybody else. Yeah, he, he had a KRG with the fat grip add on mm-hmm. for the KRG, and he still had too much hand. So during one break, um, or no, it was overnight from day two to day three. He took it home and built it up with with uh, duct tape so that. His, the tip of his, the center pad now rested on the trigger and had to because...
1: He kind of mimicked the MDA because, you know, the MDA yes. pushes that uh, right side yep. of their grip out. He kind of mimicked the MDA, but with duct tape. And it gave him perfect trigger control after that. Consistent trigger control after that. Now, he that. may
0: find a, uh, a, a solution for that. Um, off the shelf somewhere, right? You know, like the MDA or something like that. But for now, this absolutely worked for him, and it and it just shows
1: that you have a problem, you solve it, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was it it was that kind of you know problem solution class. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, alternate position. So I'm doing tripod stuff. I have two tripods with me, both really right stuff. I got a 33 in my 23 anvil, and so we're doing the alternate position, some barricades and stuff. And so because we had the competition shooters on there and they're running their Curtis, they're they're you know, they're running um the bighorns, uh, Rusty and uh Felicia were running bighorns, Matt was running a Curtis, and Bob was running a Curtis. And so, you know, they're doing that sort of competition with the with the thumb and, and the way the comp guys flip their their bolt up and then run the bolt and everything. And they push it with their thumb, okay? Which, which I'm looking at it, and I like it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about that. But I kind of went and I did demos with my AI, and I said to him, I said, "Well, you guys with the comp guys, I want to show you something with my AI. I just flick the ball, and because there's that spring on the left side of an AI bolt, it throws the bolt out of battery for me." and I get no movement. So then I just have to slide it back and then I can bring it forward and lock it down. My AI is, in Mark's as well, is slick as shit. And that's what you use when you put the center safety uh, mechanism on. You push that spring detent in and it unlocks the bolt, opens it up, I take my bolt apart. But then when you're running it, it pushes that bolt head out. Well, we're on my tripod and I noticed them working their rifles. And at one point, I think he came up and ran the bolt kind of normal. And I'm looking at the front of the muzzle. And I said, hey, guys, let's look at this. So we got our our rifle on the tripod. I said, run the bolt the way you you guys do in comp and everything. And the movement was like a quarter of an inch of the the end of the barrel of the muzzle brake moving around. Then when we ran it the normal way, you had about a full inch of movement. And with my AI, I had about that quarter inch of movement just running it normal with my AI. And so we started playing with that. I think Jake even filmed it. I'll have to text him and have him send it to me. But text the difference in the movement on that tripod just running the bolt and how that can knock you off target because on the tripod, when you get that much movement, the natural point of aim gets compromised. Movement
0: means recovery. Recovery means more time.
1: Yeah. And natural point of aim, I mean, I really pressed MPA in the alternate positions with these guys and it, and it made a difference. Um, you know, it, it, cause the wind too, you, you, if, if your NPA and everything is off when you're in alternate positions, now you're fighting the wind on top of that, you kind of got to spend that extra little, you know, three seconds to make sure that natural point of aim is, is center-lined of that target or favored towards that wind side. So that way there, you're not getting knocked off when you fire. So that was a good learning thing. Uh, Chad's trigger control,
0: marry then imperceivable trigger control.
1: Yes, we want to talk imperceivable trigger control. Marrying that trigger finger to the shoe. Immediately after. Right, running the the bolt. You're running the bolt, you're coming down, you're marrying that suit, and you're setting the position on the trigger. Not pressing it, not influencing it, but marrying that trigger. Or that finger on the trigger shoe then when you're lined up that press break and what freeze press break and freeze that's mark's tagline man uh, he owns that shit press break and freeze it, it it real it works it gets you center line down on that target and puts you where you're supposed to be and it gives you that repeatability that consistency so um the other thing what did we see in the beginning what we're seeing it a lot i even added it we got the brand new fundamental eval checklist, okay? And I had to add multiple press to it. Because you see multiple press. Yep,
0: you said, see a guy starting starting from the- uh, What you're saying,
1: dancing on that shoe.
0: Dancing, that's what we called it, dancing yeah. on the shoe. He's basically dancing on the shoe, indecisive about how he's gonna uh, press that trigger.
1: Right, you're dancing on the shoe, guys, and, you're, and, and some of you're tapping on the side, you're, not get, you're pushing it to the left. It's coming back, but it's coming back into the left, much yes. like Kennedy. Or back into the right if you got too much. Right, right, right. You know, you guys will get it, right? We
0: videoed that today. It's really good. It'll be in the uh, online training.
1: Online training, Sniper's Hide. We did a marry the trigger because uh, we, we, we got the expert in marriage right here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, you know, when you're going to talk about marrying up to a trigger, you got to talk to you know, a guy who marries up. And that's me.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And multiple uh, times. Yeah, multiple times. So, yeah, so yeah, Mark's, I'm, I'm
0: staring down a fifth now. I'm staring down a full group.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? he, he's, he's staring down a five-shot group. Yeah. No bullshit. But uh, what was the other thing? They dubbed you. What did they dub you in the classroom? Because to them, they were blown away by your weaponized math because it worked.
0: Oh, they, they dubbed me Sir Marcus
1: Taylor, Taylor. <laughs> like Taylor? as in Sir Isaac Newton. Yes, sir, yeah. sir Marcus Taylor, who doped gravity. We had
0: fear that it wasn't going to work in this terrain because there was a little bit of uh, difference between, you know, the three was down in a, uh, not in a hole, it was in a, in a water. We had about a,
1: um, about a five degree, a little more than that. I'd if you ten, took plus or minus, yeah. it was about almost eight degrees of variation yeah. in where these targets but were. But it still worked. It's and we we thought that you had to be level for this to work correctly because we're doping gravity, and um, the weaponized math just flat out fucking works. Yeah. And and these guys dubbed Mark Sir Marcus Taylor. We gave
0: them sheets at the front of the class, and then at the end of the class during the debrief on day three, they all wanted more sheets for the to take home and use yeah. with their other rifles. I mean, so,
1: they they literally they they really did. Bob came up to you and said, "Hey, Mark, I like I like a copy of the sheet." because that shit worked
0: and that caused everybody to want
1: one yeah, yeah. The, these guys it was oh god it was such a great class they took instruction so well we had such a blast we're gonna I, have to start going with a flinch check yeah because the comp guys are flinching yeah the, the, the competition scars are real they're valid I, I mean I mentioned it in the Alaska debrief with uh, David and his crew when I had David on the um the, the roof simulator and he didn't pick up the round, and, and man, he did an entire body flinch, face, eyes, everything. Because the brakes are fucking you guys. Um, You got four-port brakes. They're coming back at you, and we react off the sound. So if you're a comp guy, you better start doubling up your ears or getting ears that are, are a little bit better than normal. Because... You're you're picking up. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're working with it because you're putting minor influence into the rifle. That's what the what we're seeing. You know, the the tapping on the trigger, minor influence. But the, when you miss a round and, and and you're and you're doing a ball and dummy drill on yourself, you're flinching big time. Wow. And and we noticed it quite a bit. Um. You know, and and we were able to work. You don't
0: know it until you see it. You don't know it until your round does not go off. Right. So really, if you never feed yourself that.
1: Or if that never happens to you, do you really know whether you're
0: flinching or not?
1: No, they really don't. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's it's crazy, man. It's been a I don't know. It, it we're solving problems, we're writing stuff down, we're 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 we're, we're making school circles out of with everybody and we're repeating it, then we're cleaning it up. And we're saying, "Okay, we found it. We found an issue to correct. Let's all go here and work on this." And now here's our solution. Try it. Yeah. Bang, hit, bang, hit, bang, hit. We had a remarkable scope test. Yes, we did. It was remarkable in the fact that
0: 100, 100, 100, 100. We had a lot of, we had Leopold's. We had, um, what do we have? All right. We had, uh, Lip- we had the Burris XTR2. Vortexes.
1: We had the Vortex. Gen um, 2s mostly, right? Yeah, mostly all Gen 2 razors. Yep um we had uh, two Leopold's of five and a six we had a Burris XTR and then we had a a handful of vortexes uh, gen 2 razors 100% across the board and then young Adam broke out uh, a spare relic a a relic that he had in his car and it was in one of my favorites you guys who are on the hide will know this an IOR Wow. And we threw the that Iowa. That sounds exotic. It is it is exotic. It's Romanian. Whoa. It's got shot glass. It's got the best glass on the planet. Oh, wow. my God. The glass is so good. IOR glass is fantastic, everybody. Except, you don't even have to magnify it because it's 10X. Yeah. And and it, it's just great glass. It's shot glass. It's Romanian. Wow. And it, it's, but we put it on the test. Yep, and it scored 94%. 94%. You're only losing 6% of your tracking. Yep, 94% tracking, but it's got great glass. Yep. So my recommendation to you IOR owners, use your reticle.
0: Yeah. You
1: yeah. know, we did Throw
0: that. Throw it over the berm.
1: We did that too. That's kinda, that's, we've been adding in um, PR3. Th- like, I guess we should call our three-day a PR3 because it's a three-day class. It's actually... I, it's a pr one. I didn't know how half. I'd
0: feel about it. All right, I didn't know how I'd feel about it. But you know what? It's totally complete, because in, you know, with just two days, you have to rush. You have to get this in. You want to get this drill in because you think this would be really important to these guys. But in the in the three day class, it's complete.
1: Yeah, it really is. I like three days. You know, Mark, this was Mark's first uh, three day class with me, I think. And um, we got into, we almost completed a complete PR two. Yeah, and so it's like a one and a half, a one and three quarter, really. Um, you know, so I would almost call our three day a PR three because it's a well-rounded combination of and um, there's no
0: repetition, right? Right. You know, when you when you go from a PR one to a PR two, you sort of repeat a couple of things. Yeah,
1: we do. We do a refresher because we're getting guys that are coming back a year or two later, so we have to give them sort of a fundamental refresher. Uh, you know, and then we go into the alternates where this they're getting that that PR, complete PR one, and then they're getting the back half of PR two minus the refresher.
0: But it has to be interesting. And this course out here made it really interesting.
1: Cause we get to do the wind and these guys had wind chime targets at six and eight. Yep. We were able to do that. Um, so we're getting our wind class in with actual wind. So we're spending more time on that. Cause if you don't give them a wind class, they're not gonna hit the targets out beyond 600 yards. You know, so we have to stop at six Give them that wind class and then move on from there because it's such tricky ass winds. Yep. And, um,
0: Great classroom time. The classroom was, I mean, you need air conditioning out here because it's it, even though it's only about 85 degrees, it's freaking hot. It's sunny as hell. And we're you up know, to, I came from Alaska, man. And, and I grew up in Mississippi, Louisiana. But I'm down from Alaska. And you know what? This is warm out here. Covered line. Yeah, covered we line. We need a storm. We had a storm. We bought in. like a 40 foot canopy. And and that worked. One day uh, we had we left right before the big drops fell, and the big wind came in, and, and everything worked out perfectly at four thirty. But but we had a covered line. You're always going to have a covered line up here. You're always going to have an air conditioned classroom. I want very badly to help uh, Jake develop this into something real.
1: Well, because they do monthly matches, they just kind of do them scatter shot. But and then, they're friend- They're mostly they're, friends. Right. They're all yeah. friends around here. They got the, they got a great community of shooters. And each little group supports the next. You know, you, you got Chad and Cody and their guys with their land are doing some comps and shooting on that stuff. And then you got Jake and everything with his land. And then they have all their, their uh, common friends that are coming out and doing that. So now, and here's the thing, it's only three hours from Denver. If you think about it, Raton Sporting Rifle and all that stuff can be four hours coming down from Denver and 25 sucks to drive on. You go straight out 76 you bounce off a side road rolls you right into imperial one turn into um juanita and you take the old six what a run man yeah, I, old we, six we,
0: is better than new six
1: yeah yeah old six is better man we got 120 miles an hour in the car we had a blast i don't know what you're talking about yeah, yep, yep yep and um old six was great man I, I took one of those curves at 80 and it was a blast um but anyway Old Six, and you're right there. A couple dirt back roads They've after that. They've got a that. canyon
0: that rivals the Grand Canyon. Oh, we stopped that little one, Grand Canyon little in Juanita. Grand, yep. Yep. It, it rivals the Grand it, Canyon. It really does. Sort of. Sort of.
1: But in a meaningful way. Right. I mean, yeah. oh, beautiful scenery when we got through. When yep. you get on Old Six, it's really nice to look at because there's terrain.
0: If you're a redneck and you like to drive dirt roads... There's some of that out here too.
1: Buzzards eating bobcats. I mean, um, snakes across the road.
0: Snakes in the road. We got it all out here, man. Deer. We didn't see any deer. Well, we saw a deer one night coming back from the the uh, golf, class, golf club. Golf mm-hmm. club. But basically, uh, I sort of expected to, you know. See a deer running across. I know. The road
1: I I, I leave the I leave the go- uh, the, the golf club. Um, you know, after having dinner and things, we're getting. I want to get quick to see Ryan because he's making our oh, drinks. Because yeah, we're going to so go So I'm banging the paddles car. and shit. Doing doing eighty eight or something like that, and Mark's like deer, so I had to kind of oh shit.
0: And these uh, mule deers here are big bodies.
1: Yeah, they're 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 about 150, 175 they'll pounds come, or yeah, whatever. But come yeah, at you. so um so I had to, I had to keep an eye out for that when I'm banging the paddles and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy, man. It was it was a good time, but um, there was something else I wanted to bring up that we were we were doing there. Trigger control final eval. Yeah, we got that trigger. Con- the trigger control was everything, man. And and you gotta learn. I mean, don't get me wrong. Light triggers work.
0: Well, Felicia, she went from an every press jerk, or uh, 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 too much of a press, right, right, to a absolute perfect. Broke the bad habit type. Quit cold turkey. Never did it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I
0: hope she continues that. She
1: was hovering around that eight to twelve ounces. And I think he brought her up to closer to 20 in, yeah, yeah. in, um, I didn't ask him the exact weight, but he said he went considerably heavier than where it was. So I'm guessing he went from like eight to 12 to about 20 to 24. And it made her more confident in her trigger control. It made her more consistent in her trigger control. And she said, when I followed through, I can feel that was a good shot in her, what, what clicked in her mind is the follow-through felt right. And, and that made her more confident. And she knew she can now feel the follow-through. And so that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to educate the shooter to diagnose your own shooting Not problem. just talk you
0: into it, but have you
1: experience it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I got to start filming testimonials with these people of, of what, they, what they're seeing at the end of the class, what they're feeling. Because I explained to them uh, my butt stock. In how I set it up and oh you know what it did too? it helped us recognize let's talk about um we took everybody's scope off with the tool right when we put it back on we can't see what you see so we're dependent on you making sure you're telling us what you're seeing is correct and and there was a little bit of you know you, sometimes you see some stuff we explained parallax and we showed them today I was playing with my parallax and what I found was If I move my head side to side in the position I was at today that I saw a little bit of movement going on, I went, Hmm, I got a little movement when I'm checking my parallax side to side, but I always do it kind of a different way. Went up and down rock solid. So what I'm suggesting when you're checking parallax is to do an up and down, not a side to side, because you have a potential to influence a side to side more so than the up and down will and i felt that I'm, I'm dialing my parallax on the target and with the 700 yard wind 811 i had first round hit at 1100 yards today um i'm checking parallax because it's slow fire like mark said we're dicking around i got time opportunity and given that time and opportunity i'm checking my natural point of aim i'm checking that parallax and make sure and it's perfect beyond the focus you know so i was playing with it a little bit today side to side check I seen a little bit of movement, up and down check, rock solid. So that's what I'm going with. I'm dialing it in with my my up and down check, and I was getting pretty good results with it. So that was something to look at.
0: During the scope te- test, what we've decided to do now is induce parallax on it because we've got the scope in a base that's not going to move. We now induce parallax and have each student come by and look at it, and then we resolve the parallax, and now it's rock solid. Now they know what to do. Yep. We're Instead doing that of just first telling thing, them on a slide presentation here, your parallax is important. Everybody go take care of it. Now we're showing them exactly how to take care we're, of it.
1: We're going to be when we move people from kicked off on the side, right? So guys come in with their fundamental eval first day of class. We got a lot of shooters. Might be two degrees, five degrees, ten degrees off the side of their rifle. A lot of times that means the more the more angle you are angled you are behind the rifle when we straighten you out the the more the odds are we're going to move your scope so what we decided to do in these three days is to do the um scope test first thing after the classroom because we're going to take every scope off and then we put them in position behind their rifle we're doing a, a a better rifle setup with everybody and then we're bringing the scope to them and we're setting the scope on their rifle tightening it down When we got into alternate positions, Felicia didn't have a clear picture. And she said to me, I don't have clear sight picture. I said, lower your magnification until you do. And when she did, she had to be around eight to six power. I said, that's too much. Let's move your scope back. We moved their scope back from an alternate position and she felt much better with her eye relief. After seeing that then, when she was in the alternate position, we were lowering her, her power down in 15 power, she had edge to edge clarity. still there. 12 power, she had edge to edge clarity. So we tried to keep most of them around 12 power. But prior to that, she, she had to get six to eight in order to see that. So that was a great way of recognizing what that eye relief should look like and where it should be. We set it at max power because it's the least forgiving. We put everybody in position. But maybe it is prone is a little bit, um, a a little bit too forgiving in some cases, or it allows you to put your neck in a place that we really, you know, can't tell because I can't see what you see. Exactly. You
0: know, and so you have to be honest with us.
1: Yeah. Well, but you know, it's, it, it can be deceptive, but I mean, we're on top of people diagnosing these things. And then when they, when they go to execute, the execution's easier. You well, know. for
0: two days, nobody took a shot that we weren't hovering. Right. Right. Yeah. Or kneeling. You know, I get down. I like to kneel down and get beside them, get right in there, get right in their little
1: bubble. But but uh, your your every shot is being uh, addressed. So talk about my fuck up, man. I shoot, So I shot well in front of the students when I was doing demos. Oh, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into that. But I did. I, I I had really good luck with that. But then when we were doing a little bit of fun shooting, Frank's at,
0: cursing at me. I'm like Frank. You're a mill right. No, was it? it, was how it go? You, you, uh, yeah. I said, Frank, you're a mill right.
1: That's impossible. That's impossible. Yeah, yeah. I was fucking pissed. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, dude I'm the last thing I, I
0: want to do is see you miss. Right. Trust me, we're both snipers. We're, we're all married couple. Yeah, yeah. 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 But but I'm not, I'm not and lying they're to you. laughing. students are cracking up. And I'm looking through a 30 power scope, even though Frank thinks it's a shitty one. It's a real good one. And basically, he's looking through a, a rifle scope. So I'm seeing things that he's not seeing. And I'm like, dude, you're a mill
1: off. And I'm he's like, like I saw it no fucking way. It was right out of fucking What was the mark. problem, Frank? I was using a second focal. I, I got out of my head. I wasn't even thinking about it because I was doing alternate positions earlier with the demo and I was only shooting like four or 500 yards off the tripod, mainly because the wind was crazy too. But I was demoing at four and 500 yards. I powered down my second focal plane scope and I was shooting it on fucking 12 power. Boom. So now I'm, I'm putting the half. Hill, half mill hash mark on shit and it's going to full mill and so i'm seeing it hit at the half mill hash mark and mark's telling me i'm a mill off the plate and i'm going no fucking way my scope's telling me it's a <laughs> he's half.
0: he's actually going no fucking way
1: <laughs> yeah because i see it It's right in front of me i'm like dude i just saw i hit a half mill off the plate no dude you're a mill off the plate and i'm like what the fuck i look up i'm on 12 power Cause I'm demoing and I'm working with this, and I really like it. I'm working with this scope, but it's second focal plane. Yep.
0: Just take that. And
1: this is the first second focal plane I've touched in ages, and it bit me. That it, wasn't a fuck up. It's actually a learning. Yeah. A learning well, it's process. just because I got out of my head and I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't thinking about it, and I didn't do a magnification check with the second focal plane scope, and totally fucked it up, dude. I was because. I'm going to mill too much to the fucking uh, left of the target, a mill too much to the right. And I'm going, what the fuck? Like I couldn't hit shit. It was a struggle. Yeah. And then, and then today, I, like I said, I put it back the way I was supposed to. Well, as soon as I put it back, I was fine. And I, and I shot a little bit after that. But that's the kind of thing that bites you that gets you out of your head. You know, it's like putting on the wrong dope or not adding dope or, you know, oh, I'm going to shoot the 500-yard target and you still got your four on. Oh, I'm going to shoot the eight, and you got you know six on, and, and, and you're like, wow, why am I so low? And and it was like, ooh, ah, ugh. yeah.
0: he made it up to me. He fluffed my pillow last night before we went to bed.
1: Yeah, put a check on a, a chocolate on it and everything, a <laughs> mint. And but yeah, so it was like, what the fuck, man? Um, but that was my mistake, and I had to own it. And in in some of the students after we're talking with Jake and everything, and and they even said to him away from me we appreciated him screwing up because we make those mistakes and it's good to know that they can make them too. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a learning process
0: for all. It is every class. It's an absolute learning process. Frank and I are taking copious notes now. We're really, really studying this. And we're on the the way to the range today and it's quiet. It's quiet for 10 minutes. Then I I come up. Then I start talking into my phone with something I just remembered that I want to put in this article I'm writing. And then when I get done with that, I go... You know, Frank, we really got to find a diversion because <laughs> all we do is talk about shooting. You know, when we get when we leave you, if you're in our class and we jump in the Wiggy van or jump in Frank's, uh, what did you buy, Frank? A fucking Macan. Yeah, a Porsche Macan. It, when you're we, we jump the in there, in the we're, 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 we're talking. we're talking about you and we're talking about us and what we can do for you. And, but we really got to find a diversion, man.
1: Yeah, we we need we, – well, we're going to – Mount Rushmore. Marsh, Mount Rushmore. Yep. We, we're going we're, – what we're doing is instead of going straight – because we got time to kill. Instead of going – so we spent an extra day here so we can shoot and, and experience that in the same way the students did today. So with ourselves, we experienced what we were looking at. So we, 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 we uh, called the woman with the Airbnb. We said, hey, we want to stay an extra day. She said, no drama. Uh, we did that. We got up this morning. We, we did some normal computer work and things like that. Went on hide. took care of that shit. Um, went out to the range, met Jake, and then shot just exactly like the students. We doped out. I doped out from 300 to 1,200, and we, we played around a little bit. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to leave here. Instead of going straight to Minnesota, we're going to go straight north. We're going to go to Mount Rushmore. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to do some touristy stuff. Then we're gonna head over to Minnesota, so we need to find other hobbies. I guess just not talk about shooting all the time, but I guess our obsession is your benefit. Strip club? Nah. Well, no, you got masks now. No masks and plexiglass and COVID and all that crap. are we gonna do strip clubs? That's not gonna work. Well,
0: we're gonna. We had a diversion last night. We had uh, we had Jake and his wife and baby over for supper last night. They brought everything. Uh, We had we had homegrown beef burgers. With homegrown green beans, with and Brats. they were done in a saute pan. Mushrooms. We had mush stuffed mushrooms, we, and we ate corn until today is nothing about. Mark's nothing.
1: but he, Mark pulled corn out of his pack on the line and starts gnawing
0: on it. Start and, and, corn. and, and, and,
1: and Jake's Even like, Jake
0: goes. I ain't never seen somebody pull corn out of a pack and start gnawing on it, dude. <laughs> this corn is fabulous. Nothing on it. We didn't I mean, put nothing on no, it. No, I don't want anything on no, it. No. Because I don't want to taste butter right now. I want the flavor of this corn. It is absolutely fabulous.
1: Yeah. We ate we ate so much corn last night with nothing on it. It yeah. was it was fantastic. But funny, so uh, the, the one night when we left the country club, we came to the bar here. And we're only like a block away from it. And there's a back parking lot that we can get like right to. Well, we go there and it's packed. How busy was it on Friday night? It yeah. was beyond packed. Yeah. So I'm like, shoot, it's friggin' packed. But because we ate dinner at the Country Club, the front half of the bar is actually a sit-down, fancier steakhouse. There's a door that divides them. It's one building, but the front half in the big windows and it's it's glass, you know, glass storefront, Main Street, no street lights, glass storefront, dinner. It's empty because they're closing down. So we pull around back. You can't get in. No place to park. So I pull around the front and I there's nobody parks in the front it's empty main street so the cars parked right there two young kids were working it and we said hey can we come in this way we want to go to the bar and they're like oh it's busy and we're like now we're good we'll just sit over here
0: well we go back the next night yes and young kid number one Mm -hmm. really really good looking kid i mean you know he's he's you can tell he's really into his job he's a hard worker he goes hey hey sir Sir, were you, guys, were you the guy
1: with the Porsche last night? And Frank hands him the keys. Goes here, take it for a. Sp- oh, oh no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I had the keys there. I'm like, here, take it for a ride. He's like, no, 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 I'm working. I'm working. I said, just take it around the block. He's like, no, I'm working. I'm like, all right. So then I go here, just go sit in it. Then go look because he goes, yeah. no, I looked at it last night. I said, no, go sit in it. So I gave him the keys, let him yeah. go sit in it, and he because it's a cockpit, and, and so he was excited. But that's the kind of town this is.
0: It was incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I will see this place again. I'm bringing my woman Tina next time because she needs to see this. It's just an incredible
1: place, man. Nah, man, we're having fun. We we, we love interacting with you guys. We love experiences. Dude, this is Americana. They're they the it is untouched. Father and son rolled up today on, on horseback. horseback. Two
0: cowboys come out of nowhere. They're checking cows in the in the in the range in the uh pasture beyond us, and it was just like I'm looking at two horses. I mean, Hey, look, I get it. Some of you guys are around horses all the time, but I look, I love my dogs, and I think a horse is a big dog. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm like, the bigger the pet, the better. And these guys are on horseback, and I'm just like. Man, that was a beautiful horse. I told him twice. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I
1: hope this guy shuts up about my horses. Man. Yeah, he's, he so even he's goes, He even goes, I'll sell it up. to you. Yeah, he's he said, are, sell it they're to for you. sale. Yeah, they're for sale. Yeah, and so. the kid, while, while, while we're talking to the dad. Well, the dad, kid's roping
0: freaking yucca plants and stuff.
1: Yeah, the kid's I'm like,
0: you I'm like, he's, he's 10 years old, and he's got a
1: rope. He's spinning rope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Americana. Right. This, you know what? When you take the bullshit political influences that everybody's trying to put us under thumb with, this is one of the greatest experiences we've ever seen. People are polite. They're all this. They know who you are. I mean, they're, they're friendly. We going. We went and got a, a strawberry shake today. Yeah. Um, you know, we went and The liquor store is closing last night because we wanted to get some stuff when Jake and Mercer were coming over. And he's got the lights off and everything. He's like, hey, can you pay with a credit card? Yeah, wait said, absolutely. He goes, okay, cool, because I already cashed the drawer out. He let us come in. He talked to us. Oh yeah, we know. blah, 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 blah. And, and and it's not like, hey man, I'm closed. You know, yeah. if I'm in the city. Oh yeah, And they're locking to, the door before the lights place, are going yeah. off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But this neighborhood is untouched. And and not to be, I don't, I don't know if we should say this, but we are sitting out back waiting for Jake, and everybody's looking at us, right? The, yeah. the neighborhood's watching us. Yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm back patio. Yeah, back patio. So we kind of were like, you know, they're trying to wonder who the... Who who, who the, the two gay guys are over Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that there's they're anything wrong down. with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You, know? you let you do what you... You do you. Yeah, we don't we, care. We don't care. We hey, don't my care brother-in-law is, I don't care. You know what I mean? So it's it, it, you do you. But that's the thing is, it's like... It, it's, it's unchanged for years. These are family-owned farms. I went and got... When checking out that combine, he's like... Yeah, this is family owned. It's been in the family for 50 years. You know, it's been in the family 60 years. Um, it's no different. Right? They got four wheelers. They got Jeeps. They got all this stuff. They're coming up on You know horseback. what I
0: don't want right now? I don't want my news. I don't want to hear about it. No. Because this is so pleasant to me. And these people, I bet you they don't even watch news. But they're all Trump fans. I mean, this town is full oh, of Trump, yeah, Trump supporters, yeah. and they're they're scared, man. Well,
1: when we went, in but the- but
0: but they're not news watchers on a daily basis. Like we always fret over this stuff, but they don't have these problems here, man. Because this place, look, I'm looking outside, the the winds blowing the trees, people
1: walking by, it's just incredible. It takes me back to when I lived in Iowa. It, it goes back to the '70s, man. This reminds me of Stratford in 1970s, in. It, it's unchanged and this is what we're we should be striving for this is keeping america american and it, it's not trying to say i got to do this for you or you got to do this there's how many homeless you seen zero zero how much dirt on the friggin' streets zero how much Played paper on the street none there's nothing man right. place there's no garbage
0: out pristine there. because there's pride and ownership here right you know? right i mean
1: it's like I'd move here in a second. There's a giant church for sale yeah, down there. Yeah, we talked about that, Frank. Yeah, yeah, church, man. Go, there's one for sale. I go buy it and live in the church. But anyway, it probably fall down. But We're that- going to dinner. We've
0: we got some laundry to do. We're checking out of here tomorrow and, and doing an epic road trip. You'll hear all about it when we get to Minnesota. But uh, we're going back to dinner. Going to go see Ryan we again.
1: One thing, man, I want to say real quick. We don't want to be broken records. Give me, give me a night, go in the Podbean app, tell me right now, because I'm going to be in the road. If the app fires up and, and, and I get comments in here, give me a topic, okay? If you're listening to this, go in the Podbean app, give me a topic. I'll throw the phone to Mark. Mark will write it down. We'll talk about it, because that's what we talk about, um, you know? Uh, and and we, we have, I got a five-hour drive to Rushmore. We'll have about a 12-hour drive, maybe a little more, 12 or 14 hours. Let's do this.
0: We got a five-hour drive to Rushmore. We're challenging you. Give us a topic, and we're going to do a mini-podcast tomorrow. No, not the, tomorrow.
1: Huh? No, it, Why not? Because well, it, it won't be time enough. Well, not enough time. The day after. We'll, okay. On the ride All to right. Minnesota, we'll do a podcast in the car. Okay. Not the Rushmore Drive, the Minnesota Drive. Yep. We'll do a podcast on a topic. We'll pick the best one. Give us a topic. Okay? All, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's... um. I don't know, I'm, uh, you know, surprise us. Challenge me. Challenge me. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, th- this is what we do. I'm guessing this is why you're listening, you know, but I don't want to be this broken record. Uh, y- you know, I- I'm- I've kind of slacked. Like I said, I was going on strike because I feel like I'm constantly repeating myself and it's not interesting anymore. That's why I really like the Brian Litz stuff. Um, That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's Mark too and, <laughs> and all that stuff. But challenge us. Uh, you know, wh- what is there something we want to talk about? Because uh, it, we got time. We're going to experiment.
0: If you are a listener and you have not experienced our precision rifle course, you trust me when I say we're going to be all in it 100% for you and making you a better shooter. And, and this is not about money. This is about me experiencing you. I, I want to stand over you, and I want to make you a better shooter. Frank wants to stand over you and make you a better shooter. We want you coming to our classes, and 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 next year is going to be so much better than this year because hopefully COVID's going to be gone. Well, you
1: and, know, but- and you know what? At the uh, well, on Sunday when the class was over, we went back in the classroom before we're handing out certs. We do Q and A and different things. And Rusty asked me about the Kestrel, and we we're talking true and everything up. And I told him, you know, uh, muzzle velocity six hundred in 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 bc at uh you know 800 and beyond and then out here they have the ability to true a kestrel with the dssf you know or dsf and and so he he had he had run a kestrel for a year listening to the podcast and doing it one way and then he said he did it recently with the dsf and and i said well you know am i wrong and 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 i said well wait i don't want to influence you because he he was kind of dancing a little and i said i don't want to bias you i said if i'm wrong and you feel it was better the other way tell me i want to hear it i want your personal experience i don't want it sugar coated you're not going to hurt my feelings if you say frank i think you're wrong i think doing the kestrel like this gave me better results okay i'm running my kestrel i chewed my kestrel in alaska I shot it here it worked i'm within a tenth all the way out um, money so i wanted that's doing it my way so i went from sea level da of 2000 to here da of um, 5000 5, same rifle same ammo came here ran my kestrel worked i said rusty what are you thinking he goes well your your way kind of did it better but you know kestrel's telling me to do it like this and I said, I get it because, you know, the only reason I don't really promote what Kestrel is saying is because people don't have access to the range to do it 100% correctly. But he did. And I, and I wanted his experience with that. And he, and he felt, in, in the words, we, the, the way we came up with describing it was he felt the device was slipping a gear. And I said, well, what are you going to do? He says, well, I'm going to go back to doing it how you did. And I said, well, I feel it balances the curve a little better. I, I look at it as scales. I describe it as a scale. You got muzzle velocity in one hand, BC in the other. If you're only tweaking muzzle velocity, you're unbalancing a scale. And when you go to a different scenario, it doesn't quite work. So we, we want you to challenge me. Challenge me. And that's what we're asking you to do in the comments. Challenge us.
0: Hey, uh, we're about an hour.
1: Yeah, we're at And we're at about hour. an hour from dinner. And I still got some laundry to dry. So. Yep. Give it to him, man. Hey, press, break, and freeze. Press, break, and freeze. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. We'll talk to you soon. We're out.